Hey everybody, it's Lauren Mobley, the host of Library Unlocked. Library life can be full of ups and downs, but you can always come speak with me and my guests to laugh and learn. All things library, all the time. Or, you know, at least until I change my mind. Here, I can guarantee you will mix things up and lock it down. Thanks for tuning in today because I know you're going to enjoy this chat with my Georgia friend, Daryl Hawkins. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to have Mr. Daryl Hawkins here today. Come on, Daryl. Hi, hi. How's everybody doing? <laughs> they said they good. They said they good. <laughs> so, Daryl, tell us about yourself, what school you're at, what levels you teach, where you're located. I know you're in Georgia. We're doing a little Georgia run. So, so I am a K-5 through elementary media specialist. I am in Henry County which is south of the airport, if you're familiar with Georgia. Um, it is a smaller school, roughly uh, 576 kids. And I see a total of all the grades, including pre-K, um, Monday through Friday. Um, I've been in that position for the last six years, and I've enjoyed every bit of it. So you see the pre-K babies? Yes, I see pre-K. I see pre-K. Um, they come to me every other week. Uh, which is always fun to keep me on my toes. And then I see everyone else uh, like on a A to B schedule, um, which is good. It's a flex schedule. So I get to see, I get a little a little bit of opportunity to do my other stuff in the library, but then I also get to see the kids as well. And then I have some classes that I see every week on a special rotation. Oh, okay. So it's like a fixed flex. Yes, a fixed flex. You have the, the schedule and you can um, ad lib it and do what you want. Not always. Um, I still it gives it opportunity for the teacher to be able to come when they need to, but it but I make sure that there's a schedule that they can follow to actually keep it on a routine. Right. That's cool. I'm still so interested in these pre K babies because I went to a PD within my district and we were talking they were talking about the pre K kids. First of all, so my daughter is three. She's Aww. in three K. And I can't, I mean, I take her to the library to get books, but I cannot imagine her, like, you know, even next year being responsible to check out books in the library. Do you let them check them out? Do they have to keep them with the classroom? How does that work with the with the littles? So the pre-K, I kind of follow the guidance of the teachers. Um, for me, most of them come to the library. They get a read aloud and activity, just like if they come to the public library. And it's funny, I had a conversation with another media specialist in the district. She is actually mentioned that a pre-K county pre-k program is coming to our school so she was trying to get advice like what do you do like how do you get, engage them they're kind of just like kindergarten but you have to take a little bit step smaller with them um can't give too much information to them so it's easy to do a read aloud maybe a little craft and acti activity and then you're pretty much done so it's like oh uh, mm -hmm. oh okay so not too long either yeah, but i they know they they can't be there too long. They'll get a little rest and look around. And my library is huge. So it's like, okay, it's time to start moving around. It's time for us to get to lunch and recess. So it works out. I have them um, this week. Oh, my goodness. I know they love you, though. I know they love they, coming to the library. They do. They see me in the hallway. I feel like a little celebrity when um, I go to the <laughs> right. they're, they're right there looking for me. And they will remind you, we haven't seen you. Where have you been? So mm. they'll let me know, like, okay, we see you this week. And I have to remind them and their teachers, yes, I see you at this time. So I'm looking forward to seeing you. <laughs> I feel like it's already very few male teachers in elementary. 
And so even fewer male librarians, even fewer male elementary librarians. So I know you're making such an impact on them and they just adore you. What what has that been like being a a man librarian in the um, elementary school? In the elementary school, it was a, um, it was brand new to everybody because it's already maybe four teachers in the building. Um, if you include specials and there's another fifth grade teacher. And then for me in my district at first, I've been there for six years. So I was the only male librarian in the last two years. We've had a few more, but we're all in like each it's in each level. So one in elementary, one in middle, one in high school. But it's I think it gives a different perspective to the kids. They see me and they're kind of like they're not used to seeing a male. So you get the miss a lot, <laughs> but they get used to doing it like, oh, there is a person, a male librarian in the space. And then it's given me an opportunity to connect with a lot of other people. Um, so like on social media with the um, black black male librarian group, things like that, we've been sharing ideas. So it is a space out there that I did not know there were so many others, but it's just, it's limited in different areas. Oh yeah, Billy Allen referenced that, that uh, Instagram account when mm-hmm. he was on um, the podcast. And my brother is actually a public librarian. Wow, okay, really? Wait. Yeah, <laughs> in Clayton County. Oh, okay. Yeah. So shout out to my brother. <laughs> but yes, we need more men librarians. How do you think we could do that? Well, I think for me, people do not know that it's a space that's a need. Everybody says there's a teacher, male teachers, but you also need people to promote literacy and talk about it. Um, so I think more about visibility, having conversations like this, and really also sharing it with people that there is a space to be a librarian. And I think also showing what we do. People don't always know exactly what the librarian does. Right. That part advocating is so important. They don't know. Just think you no. the the book person checking out books all day. It's more than that, people. It's so it much more. And it keeps changing. So how did you get into librarianship? So I'm a I'm a give you a short story and in small space and I'm gonna bring it home. Okay. So, <laughs> um so in high school because, you know, you work in my middle school where I went to middle school. I went to North Clayton High School. And so there I got in good with the the librarians because I did the morning announcements. So they were my people that I go see and things like that early in the morning. And then I used to bring my lunch in high school. So they would let me come use their microwave. So I always had a good kind of relationship with the librarians. And so then when I got ready and graduated and went to college, I studied English and I was looking for something that was going to tie in all my space, media, things like that, because I originally was going to study theater. And then I got into the actual media space and was like, okay, I want to do a lot more than that. And after graduating, because I was focused on journalism, I decided um, to focus on grad school and I was taking some time. So I started working as a paraprofessional where I was in the computer lab, but also supporting teachers. So I got to go to the library with them when I was in Clayton County. And then after, after after that, we um, started, I started shadowing the librarian. She was showing me what she did and everything like that. And I was like, this is not like the library where I grew up. I was like, this is not just book checkouts. This is like technology. This is green screens. And so I was really excited about that. And so while I was working as a pair, I went through grad school and then got into the space of being a librarian, got certified from actually watching the mentors in my building. And I've been there since, and I've enjoyed it. It's just, it it never amazed, it always ceases to amaze me every year, like what we do. And so that's a small snapshot of how I got in. I can't believe that you 
kind of, you know, created its own lane for yourself because you didn't see male librarians at your school. You were just like, I really like these attributes. I like these characteristics and I'm going to do it. Yeah, it was like a, a fun space. Enjoyed it. Um, I was going to get projects done early um, when I was in high school. And I was like, OK, I kind of like this space and what it can what it can be. And so that's how I got into it um, as a media specialist. We got some similarities too. you mentioned that the ELA, the library track. Yes. I know that's popular. <laughs> it is. It is. The journalism and theater. Yes. So do you do you incorporate that into your library programs? Um, my first few years I did. I did puppet shows and things like that to keep the kids engaged. So it really works with pre K. So that was really good. But then now, um, it just depends on time. I try to bring it back in where we do different um presentations and things like that. But it's been a minute since I did it. But um I'm trying to bring that back in this spring. That's a goal of mine. Everybody loves puppets. They do. They love puppets. <laughs> they love a show. Um, every, they love a whole um, production. The kids love it. Yes. What are some of your favorite programs that you've incorporated? Uh, for me, I really love um, I love novel effects. That's one of my best um, um, attributes that I use. Um, one of my good friends and I, Amber Norman, we were using it when it was free. And then um, a couple of years ago, they started doing it where it was a paid platform. But me and her always try to sign up for the actual, um, where is it? They do like a, a discount in November. So I love novel effects with the stories and the lessons. Um, that has worked great with my K through second with those type of programs. And then for me, I started doing podcasting last year with my upper grade. So they really enjoyed that, building out a script and really putting it together at different pieces. I can't recall the platform that we use to actually record it, but I actually had them um, do a project, present it, and then we, um, my kids went over to went to the next level in the media festival. And so, with the podcast in the school, do you have all the equipment and stuff, or like they use their Chromebooks? It's like they one to one. They use their Chromebooks. Um, there was a link that I gave them to just record themselves with the audio and everything, and then um, I would edit it to make sure it was good and everything like that, and then we would post it. But we mostly tried to make sure that it was a link that they could do on their own, where they would just practice with their script record it and then um be able to share out i love the look at that so look at them with their scripts i need to take some notes from your kids and get a script because you know we it took us like maybe i think with last time i did it was like four weeks we worked on it between getting them to build their story build the script practice to go over um your talking point so it was a nice activity i think it took them out of their comfort zone that is so cool and what content area was this for like, what was, was the topics? Our topic was, um, oh, this was right after, um, I think a year after the pandemic. So we were talking about ways or tips that you could, you know, help kids and make them feel involved. So that was a topic we did. I usually try to focus on something that's social emotional learning that would get the kids excited about um, just a conversation piece and get their thoughts out. Oh, I love that. I tried to do podcasting for a project and I just ran into issues with the Chromebooks. Yeah, like they were able to do it, but a lot of the sites I wanted to use were blocked, and so yeah. I think we tried to like end up recording it in Canvas, and it was like this is not what it's supposed to be. So we, I need to find and can use your help to find better platforms for the students to record podcasts on their Chromebooks because you know the district will block they do them with a quickness. So we try to make sure it's something something I try to use is something that they can easily record on, like just simply recording. 
and then that we could share it um because the editing piece like you said takes a little bit more um administrative side but we'll be able to have access on our devices right you have plans for your library for black history month and valentine's day coming up i do um for february we're going to the district has set out a theme that is celebrating um diverse voices so we're going to have some guest readers that are going to come in and read a story um to the kids that focuses on um, black history I'm also currently doing a biography unit with my kids that I'm going to carry over into February. So the last week we talked about how to pull research and do citations on information. And then we're going to, when we come back this week, my special classes are going to focus on finding a person who's made a significant impact. And then they're going to actually build a kind of presentation they can do on that. So that's what we're doing for February. We're focusing on inspirational, influential people. And we're also going to do a small little fundraiser. I call them book grams that I got from Bree the Librarian online. So we will do a fundraiser where they get to buy a book and it's a piece of candy, like a sucker. And we deliver it on Valentine's Day to the to the different classes and the teachers. So it was a big hit last year. My principal enjoyed it. So we're going to bring it back again this year. And then I also have the book fair. So I've got a busy February month. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> you really do. I like the book grams being a fundraiser. What mm-hmm. I've done is um, I got this idea from a librarian in my district where it's like mystery book grams, mystery Valentine book grams. And okay. so basically the students will sign up to have a book gram delivered to their, you know, secret, the, the secret person they want to give it to. Mm-hmm. Not really a secret. They're a secret if they choose. But anyways, so the friends will they'll share a book gram and then the kid will come to the media center and check out the book that the friend selected for them to check out. Does that make sense? But I like yours better <laughs> with the candy and, no, and the I, money. I, I like yours. It's giving them the, um, to kind of like almost like a book recommendation. I like that. I'm going to have to borrow that idea too. I like that. Mm. Well, the they come in. Go ahead. The candy always gets elementary in. Shoot, the candy get the middle schoolers too. <laughs> I just <laughs> that's genius. Yeah, I did it so that they would try to check out more books, but honey, they'll check out them books and put them right back in the thing after they get their little note. Like I don't want. Yeah. This book. <laughs> You're like, okay, I did it. I, I participated in it. Now where's where where's my incentive? Right. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the note. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to know who gave them one. Like, oh, who gave me one? So actually, and I'm going to start working on that soon. Yeah, you should. You should definitely do it. I think February for me is such a, it's already a short month. And then we also go on our winter break. So I have to be very strategic what I do for that month. So me and my pair were talking about that. We were saying this year, last year, we were trying to write down the notes and put it on the actual card. We was like, no, this year we're going to have them write it to oh. save us time and be able to make it a little bit more efficient. We were just talking about that last week. She was like, not this time. We want to be able to make sure it's ready, delivered, and set before um, so that morning on Valentine's Day so they'll get it. And that incre- that increases the literacy. You it know, does. the writing practice. Does. So that's great. Shoot. And they're going to want it to look nice. <laughs> they do. It was nice. It was it was a nice activity. And I saw a lot of the kids want to come back, come back and do it. They was like, are you going to do it this year? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to make sure I do it this year. I'm gonna squeeze it in. I'm gonna give them a short window to purchase it and make sure I have enough time. <laughs> make sure How much are they? They were like two dollars. Oh, okay. So they, got, they got a they got a book, some books that I ordered from Scholastic. I think they call bruise books. That's just what they call them, but they're like 
paperback books that are in great condition and they're discounted. So I had a variety of books like that that I choose from that made them appropriate for each grade level. That's good. And it's called Booze Books? Bruise Books. Um, Bruise Books. I think, um, Bruise Books. I think that's what it's, what it's called. It's on the Scholastic um, catalog. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes. So we can find that. So you mentioned the diverse readers doing the read-alouds. Mm-hmm. I know you are totally into read-alouds. How do you organize them? So for me, I try to make sure I have a a, a theme for each month. Um, I focus on something I'm going to get an interesting, get the kids excited for. Um, this year I did, most recently I did one on Arthur Studies because I wanted to make sure that I kind of promoted books that don't get checked out as often. So that's what I'll leave with in the spring. So if it's not a theme, like something that's going around, like on, say for November, it's usually research. So I'll do a book that talks about on finding skills, information, or a topic like that. This month we did um, David Shannon and his book, Gold, with first graders, which which got them really excited about being a millionaire. Like if they made a lot of money, what would you do with it? <laughs> so, I, so I try to tie in a theme and then also some type of um practical skill or question like that would kind of make force them to think um to really get them engaged in the process of just having a conversation with me about the book before we actually read it i love that so i feel like a a big part of this of one knowing your collection knowing what the kids are going to be into and do you kind of organize it all in advance like this is going to be my schedule for the year i'm going to read these books or you kind of just you know whatever the vibe is I do have, I have my most frequent ones that I'll read um, every year. Um, so I'll do like Peter Brown, Creepy Carrots, Creepy um, creepy Underwear. I'll do those every year in October. And then there's a couple of books that I'll switch out and do a little bit different. So if I'm tired of reading it, I'm like, okay, I've read this one. Let's switch it up a little bit. I'll pull some from social media that, um, that are a popular book that I think kids will really enjoy. And then I'll tie that in um, based off the answer. So what I think the kids will like need to know about a little bit. So for like February, like I told you, I was doing biographies. Um, we did May Among the Stars. So that's a picture book about Mae Jemison. So the kids really enjoyed that. And it helped us tie into the component to talk about space, science, and rockets. So still keeping with that theme, but making it um, conversational for the kids. Come on, STEM. Yeah, I try to add a little bit of, bit of those components in there as well. What are your suggestions for making a successful read aloud? Well, for me, um, I think making sure you kind of have read the book already ahead of time to already get mm, good idea of questions. That um, part. So, right. So, and I also give them a question before we actually get into it. I'll ask them a question. So before we get started, I got a question for you. I want you to make sure that you understand that this is what's happening to the character. And then you got to tell me at the end what, what was the solution of what they do to solve it. And that's with my K through second. And then I also try to make sure that I am um, to inc- incorporate vocabulary. Vocabulary is a good point component that I add in there, a new word for the kids to know, um, something they may not have heard. And I also make sure that I try to model for them how to actually read the book, how to pause and think about it, actually refer to it and think about what happened in the book. And I make sure I set a purpose too at the beginning, a purpose for this story. Why are we reading this? What's the discussion for this? Um, and then try to like an open-ended question at the beginning. I love that. So it's actually really structured. It's like, we're not just reading this story. You're about to learn, and you're going to take away these targets, these goals at the end. Yeah, you have to. I think it's important to kind of 
you go into it it's not, it's not just reading the book it's like okay i've got a little background knowledge on it maybe the author as well to tie it in and then usually i'll wrap it up to say okay if you like this book these are the other books written by this person so when you go check out you do know that those books are over there and so it kind of gives them that little bit of background knowledge on the author and the series so there's stuff that you have to do before the lesson during the lesson and after the all put together this is honestly i did i've <laughs> i've done a few read alouds for, with my middle schoolers and my purpose behind it was to show them that these books are interesting like i'll just do the first chapter or so mm-hmm. of some chapter books but i love this idea of doing the picture books and making it a lesson with the vocabulary because that's something that my students need support with and mm-hmm. being clear with the question so that as they're listening, they're looking for the answers. Yeah, I try to I try to make sure it is a scavenger hunt for them, um, particularly for K through second. So they can kind of get an idea of like, OK, the end goal, what it is. And you mentioned upper grades so with the upper grades. So when I read the chapter book, being a piece of it, I try to add that vocabulary in there so that we can kind of know what it is. Um, so they can kind of be familiar with the, the, the context of it. We did the um, the wild robot protects. And so my question to the kids was like, what is impervious? And so then you got a little background knowledge to know if they knew what that meant or could apply it to a certain situation. So I do try to incorporate vocabulary just so that at least when they're leaving, you got a little bit of a background knowledge and you got a little bit of something extra too. That is so cool. Now I'm like, I gotta reevaluate how I'm doing my story time. And I <laughs> bought so many picture books. I bought a lot of picture books with um, some of my some of my book money because I wanted the kids start checking them out. But it didn't even you know occur to me that I can start using these to introduce lessons and giving them to teachers with maybe like a lesson template of mm-hmm. you can open up your 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 lesson on you know the solar system or whatever with this May Jameson picture book. Yeah, yeah, I think it has helped to give them. I try to make sure that with my read aloud, it kind of either introduces a topic to the kids they're coming up with or it's supplemental. If you're talking about this in class, we're going to talk about it a little bit in here in the library. So you kind of get that full circle moment. And so you're using novel effect with this too, right? Mm-hmm. K through second, I'll use novel effects. And then with third through fifth, I try to make sure I use the, um, I do a book, book trailer. And then that's the book talk component with the discussions with it. And then I'll read a little bit of the chapter just to give an idea. And I'll leave them with a teaser to kind of make them want to check out their book. Mm. You know what I've noticed when I do my book talks, if somebody wants the book, I'll feel bad because I might have like one or two copies, then it's gone. Do you have a lot of <laughs> copies of the books that you talk about? Or it's like, all right, it's gone or nobody can check it out to the end of the day. How do you move with that? I had to set limits too. So for me, I had to make sure that I always give a disclaimer to the kids. Now remember, any book that I share, you can only check it out on Friday at the end of the week because I make sure all the classes know it. And so it gets a conversation among the grade levels when they go back. So um, like the one I use with the Wild Robot, I have the series, but I don't have multiple copies because the kids don't check out the book until you talk about it. So that's what I've been finding. I'm like, Oh, the book has been back there. But now because I talk about it, you want to you want to go get the book. So I try to make it a competition that, OK, by Friday, OK, you can come back because check out starts in the morning. So whoever gets here first, that's the person that's going to get the book. So it gets very competitive among the fourth graders. They're like, OK, so <laughs> I'm 
I'm like, okay, Friday, remember Friday, you have to come back um, first thing in the morning. And so they'll typically remember, but they've gotten sneaky. Now they try to catch me during lunch duty. And they're like, can you hold the book for me? I say, no, you have to come and check it out. Oh, not the Hunger Games for the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've gotten a little, um, they've got a little tricky with it. I love that. That's awesome, though. Is that that spirit of competitiveness for books? Like, yeah. As much mm-hmm. as I hate it, like I'll see some kids like it's one copy of Dogman Life or whatever, and they like trying to fight over it. And I'm like, don't don't do that, y'all. But this also warms my heart that you're willing to punch them in the face for this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm glad you're fighting over it, but um, I'll put you on the wait list for when it comes back. Right. Or here's something else that is similar to that. I try to recommend something else. Right. So this is make me think about the treatment of books. Do you teach your students how to treat the books, like how to take care of them, how to handle the shelves? Because I definitely did not. And I feel like I should because they've been tearing these polo books up. Um, for me, I, I do it at the beginning of the year. I go about discussing it and going over how to take care of the books, where to keep it, um, don't where, where to not leave it at, don't take it out during recess. But I found this semester, I've got to do a refresh refresher because we just got a lot of new books. And <laughs> I found a kid in the lunchroom reading their book, I'm glad, but he wasted milk on the book. Somebody <gasps> else brought it back to me. It was clean, it was saved, but I, but I said I'm going to have to do a refresher at the beginning of each semester to remind them, okay, you can read it at recess if you're sitting down or things like that, but don't take it to lunch because anything could happen. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to be trying to be a refresher on that. I do it always at the beginning of the year, but I got to do better of doing it in the spring semester as well when it's fresh in their mind. It just breaks my heart. I'm excited <laughs> that they're taking it and they want to take it um, to lunch and everything, but I be, I'm still reminding them like, okay, all right, this isn't yours because my kids love to leave them at home and put it on their shelf. I just got some <laughs> back last week that I have been hunting down and I've been, been on them to like bring those books back like they had New Kid. I had two copies of New Kid. I introduced it to them in August. I just got it back this month. And I was like, "What? you all have had it this long? Like you got to bring it back because there's a line of people that want to see it. But it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have reminding them to keep it clean to take care of it but also to return it do you still let kids check out books when they have overdue books or books out i do i try to make sure i give them um an additional book that they can check out and then i also have a section in my library that's um a variety of free books just in case because i found that some kids will if you keep letting them check out the extra one they'll they'll they won't bring those two back so then i'll be like okay somebody there's a line you got to bring that back but i try to make sure that even if you have overdue books, you're still going to get a book when you leave from me, whether it's from our free books that are um, a variety of different donated books that, is, um, that have been reviewed from me by me and my para to make sure they're um, interesting enough for the kids. But then I find the kids that do check out books want one of the free books. So I'm like, <laughs> I said, okay, now you're being greedy. I'm glad you're, I'm glad, I'm glad you're getting a book. But um, remember, the free books are for ones who unfortunately are unable to check out. Or I have to try to remind them. They'll say it's in my book bag. Well, I need you to go get it now. Just trying to keep that routine with them. And this is for everybody. This is K through fifth. I have to remind them to bring your books back. I know you love coming to the library, but I need you to make sure you um, remind your teacher that before we go, we need to get our books. Right. That's the thing, too, because it'll be like, oh, it hurts my heart when I'm like, sweetie, you have all these books out. 
I need you to bring them back. I'm going to, I'll keep this behind my desk for you. And when yeah. you come back, we'll swap <laughs> it out. Mm-hmm. And then just hope they come back. Yeah, I keep a whole section. And they do come back. <laughs> they do, they do come back. They'll make sure that they're, um, when they start noticing that um, they can't get a book. And that's been a, that's been a, um, a task this year because of course teachers are doing something with their kids to read aloud do a lesson but then it kind of has forced them to be like all right if he's saying that you can't get a book right now because you have this many out um we need to send something home he sent something home but now i need to send something home so that you can bring it back because i need you to get a book so when they're doing their lesson or time for them to actually read they have a book right that parent involvement mm-hmm. that's good yeah, I don't. In middle school, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I guess I could, but I don't know if it would get home. <laughs> the, the note. <laughs> if you if you tie it in with some type of an incentive, that does work as well. Um, like my kids love stickers, bookmarks, so I tell them bring back your your lost book. You earned this um, sticker for me. Um, so it really has been a it's a task constantly trying to get them motivated to actually. Um, bring their books back but most of my kids are good you only have a few of those people who are like they'll oh it's just at home oh i'll bring it back and sometimes it's in the classroom i went in somebody's class and it was on their teachers it was on their classroom library shelf so now we are having to go in and actually pull the books especially if it's a book i read aloud on the kids will keep it longer and it'll be mm-hmm. in the classroom so i'm like okay let me let me do a little book hunting while I'm in here. <laughs> it belongs to the library so the it's gone. Yeah, I've done at the end of the school year to get to try to get as many books back as possible, and I got this idea from Wendy Cope that it was like a popsicle reward. So if mm. you don't have any books out, you've returned all your books for the end of the school year, you get a ticket, and then on this day you bring me your ticket and you get a popsicle during lunch. And then when I tell you them kids was like, "Here, go my books." <laughs> <laughs> Here are my books for this little cheap popsicle. <laughs> and, and and I think it's also it's I like um we were talking about that um with someone else in my district. We were saying how the kids want that instant gratification. They really want to be like instantly know that okay, if I do this, what am I getting? So that has been a big thing for me, trying to get them to know, okay, I did a read aloud, but also you can read aloud at home to someone else, like getting the kids excited about reading in all kind of capacities. Like last month, we did a um a winter reading challenge, and I was so surprised by the conversations that I had with kids. Someone read their book to their dog. It was like I read my book to my dog, so you know I did all the ten challenges. Can I get my sticker? So we did a mm-hmm. lot of different things to kind of get the kids excited about reading. And my um my admin have been really big on that. They wanted me to keep up the reading challenges because we had a co- a cocoa with. The um, principals and the kids were really excited about that. I had kids bringing back their winter reading challenge a little bit later, but I told them we're going to do another one again, just again, showing that I can do read alouds, but the kids can do it as well. You can read to someone else. Read to I a love that. Oh my gosh, I wish you were my elementary school librarian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it has been a it has been a um, learning experience. Each year, I get a little bit better with it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Just, you know, learn from mistakes. Like, oh, I got to tweak this. Let's change this. Take this out. Add this. Where's your favorite places for ideas? You mentioned a um, couple social media pages. I pull, I pull, um, I pull it from a good, um, a good amount of people that I'll 
refer to the book wrangler is a great person that i refer to he has a lot of different read alouds that he promotes and things like that or if he doesn't order for books i'll see something and i'll take it from there um joe nash um the the book bot on uh instagram i think that is her name she does a lot of different read aloud ideas that i suggest i get them from a lot of people but honestly i pull it instagram is my go-to when i'm pulling books or ideas for book orders or i want a good read aloud that i think would be great for my kids because i'm my goal is always to give them something that they haven't read or something that they have not seen it might be on the shelf but you just never notice it so i try to mm. pick something that's going to be a little bit fresh and my what i learned my first year is i try to not do the favorite or typical read alouds i always want something that i know you're not going to hear in class so when you mm. come to this is different. This that new new in here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they 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 want that. That's what they want. They're like, I um I want something I haven't heard, and they'll let me know. Like, okay, can we do a book about this? Um, I want to oh. hear about this book. They they make recommendations to me about books they want to hear, and so the kids are a great source too, telling me what they want to hear and what books they want me to add. And so that'll be how I'll choose my read aloud or my book talks. The kids are, make good suggestions. Right, because they give great, great ideas about purchasing and just, you know, how to build it because they're the ones who shopping in there. Yeah. They're the so customers. They're like my customers. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep as many read and books that I can. Um, like I found a book about, it was um, a set of picture books about the movie Clueless. And then there was one about the Goonies. And then it started getting traction and moving. So I was like, okay, something that will get the kids excited, um, even though it's a movie and a show. But the kids will be able to want to see it and actually get a book. So they 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 give me a lot of good ideas. But social media, um, few of my favorite ones. Those are the ones that I have great books to read aloud, and they'll kind of tie in an activity as well. Because remember, I keep the kids, so I try to have something they can work on afterwards that ties in with the read aloud. Mm, I love when people post pictures of their shelf or their new book order and I just zoom in on that picture and I'm yes. like with my notepad we're, we're writing it down like okay I need that one I need that one I already got that one I need that. <laughs> like so yeah guys keep posting pictures of your <laughs> yes please post them and then even I post if I go through um if I run to books a million if i see a new book display i'll snap a picture of it a new title i like and i'll make a note of it even for my own personal collection so i have some that i use for strictly just read alouds and then i have some that i keep in the library for the kids who actually to check out on their own to keep it to keep it fresh and keep it new mm. so what are you reading right now i'm a big fan of biographies so i am Ooh. big on the type of biographies that keep me um excited um, so this is this is the Atlanta in me. I'm reading a little bit. I'm reading Young Jesus' biography right now. Is that good? So, yeah, it's good. So I'm enjoying that. I'm reading that right now. And then most recently, I started reading. I've been reading some of the Reading Bowl books. I'm finishing up those. Um, so I'm keeping up with that. Summer of June, a couple of those. I try to at least have two books that I'm reading to keep me keep me keep me um keep me a little fresh on things and kind of um give me that dynamics again i told you i'm talking about biographies so i'm trying to make sure that if i'm teaching it to the kids i'm also doing it on my own as well i love that come on modeling yeah <laughs> i need that young jeezy book though because i did hear him on the radio uh-huh 
talking about it and I was like, Ooh, I wish this was a middle school. We need an adapted right. middle school version because <laughs> when I tell you these kids would be crazy to read that yeah. young Jeezy bio. And those of you who don't know, Young Jeezy is a popular rapper in the, in Atlanta. I mean he's from Atlanta. He's popular all over, but um that is great. Oh yeah, we're about to read that. Pass that one to me. Young I done wrote that down too. That'll be in the show notes. <laughs> Daryl, it was such a pleasure having you on today. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Sure. Um, I'm most active on my Twitter, which is Mr. Hawkins19. And then you can follow me on social media Instagram at narrated by Mr. Hawkins. This was great. I got some ideas. I'm about to step my reading read alouds up, honey, because <laughs> I, mean, I was literally I just reading them books, like no setup or nothing. Like, hey, y'all can like this book. Now I'll be like, all right, guys, this is over. <laughs> There's a lesson here. <laughs> I mean, it is. Sometimes it comes up right when you read it. Oh, I could talk about this right here. Up, It's on the slide. I mean, it works right when you get into it. Sometimes it doesn't come up until when you're actually reading it. I love that. Thank you so much, Daryl. You've been wonderful. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we get off? Oh no, I'm 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 always sharing ideas. So I, I'm always big on people sharing online. So share them. Even when you get a second to share a lesson or a read aloud, post it. Even if it's just a picture and you like, I read this last week, but I want to post it now. It helps somebody. Um, I'm that person. I'm always looking and seeing like, oh, this is a great book to add, or this is one that I could purchase to have, or even just it was a giveaway. That's great advice. All right. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you. Daryl is such an inspiration and I love learning from him. Please connect with him if you haven't already. If you enjoyed listening, please consider leaving a review, sharing with a friend and following for more content. We'll see you next week with a recap of the Alabama School Library Association Conference and our season finale.